Good morning, good morning. So I had a little bit of difficulty here loading up TradingView. I'm not sure what was going on, but it was saying something somewhere somehow isn't working right. <laughs> and it said, keep hitting the homepage. And I was doing it, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't change. But it appears to be running, but it's extremely slow. So if you bear with me, I'm opening up charts all fresh. I haven't done anything in advance, so that way it's kind of like on the fly. If you would be so kind as to let me know, you can hear me. I'm going to check my Twitter feed on my laptop that's sitting in front of me here. If you can give me a five by five, that way I can move on. Begin my boring jawboning session. Thank you, Patrick and Peyton. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to talk about what I'm doing. So that way you're doing it on your own charts. Now, some of you, some is the volume okay? Because I have it sitting on an ottoman in front of me and the phone sitting in front of me. Is the volume loud enough for you? Awesome. Thank you, Chris. All right. So kind of like walk you through what I'm doing here. And you're probably maybe some of you are pissing and moaning thing, thinking, why don't you just go on YouTube and do a live stream? Uh, I don't want to do that. And my charts are not necessarily going to be in agreement with yours. So what do I mean by that? I don't look at US 500. I don't look at US 30. I don't look at US 100 CFDs. But I know there's a lot of you that look at those markets. And you may or may not have access to e-mini S&P live data, which in my opinion is an inexpensive cost. If you're going to be even considering doing it, you should be doing it, you know, paying for it. It's a, I guess it's a tuition cost to learn how to do this. And to me, I think that, you know, it's a good market. It's really it's strong. It's technically sound, has lots of volatility in it and such. But I know some of you are looking at the US 500, US 100, US 30 CFDs, and I'm going to try to kind of give my observations about that in concert with the ES. So what I'm doing is, I'm on my trading view, I'm creating a split screen. So on the left-hand side, it's going to be US 500. And the currency COM option. So if you go up to your trading view, and this is going to be free real time for anyone that pulls this up. But on the symbol search window, upper left hand corner trading view, you're going to put in US500. And when you pull that up, it's going to give you two options currency.com and capital COM. My chart's going to be on currency.com. Okay, so that way we're looking at the same thing. And it is set presently, I'm looking at the hourly chart. Okay, so 
that's done for now. And on the right-hand side, for those that have the ability to have both ES real-time and want to watch US 500 CPI numbers hit the market real-time, you're welcome to do that. On the right-hand side chart, I'm pulling up ES, letter Z for zipper, 2022. That pulls up the December contract for ES. And I'm going to, again, plot that on an hourly chart. I'll get into why I'm using that time frame in a moment. Because then there's something you're like, why are you looking at that? All right, and let's see here. Let's do... Uh, All my annotations going. Naked chart. Skinny dipping with ICT on CPI. <laughs> All right, and then I will not be looking at NASDAQ and I'm not looking at gold or anything like that. Why not ICT? Because you only need to watch one market today to understand the dangers of not knowing what you're doing. and how you can get hurt really bad. All right, so now if you look at the hourly chart on ES on the right-hand side, for those that are able to split the screen, you may not have that ability because I think it's a feature you have to pay for. I Don't, don't hold me to that. I don't know for certain if that's true or not because I can't remember. <laughs> but the trading view option, if you can split your screen, that's fine. If not, uh, I think maybe you can open up two windows and put them side by side. But uh, either way, on my right-hand chart, I have an hourly ES. And if you look at where we're at at the moment, the market price for ES is 37.65 and a half. And on the left-hand side, my chart for US 500, that's basically tracking the equivalent through a CFD, which we can't trade in the U.S. legally. We have to trade the futures market. And then there's offshore brokers. I don't deal with any of that stuff. But I know some of you are outside the states, and this is what you're you know, reduced to. You have to do simply this. Uh, that price for the hourly U.S. 500, again, using currency COM feed on TradingView, its price right now is 37.56.4.7. Point nine, so that way you can get a feel for where we're at. So the difference is between ES Live futures markets, ES 37.64.5 versus 37.57 or thereabouts. So there's a little bit of discrepancy. So they're never really marked to market live immediately the same for, you know, both markets at the same time, which, you know, that might be a sticking point. And in the past where I've talked about markets like this, um, I made reference to a price level on one of the markets when I was referring to it earlier. So I got disoriented doing it. So if you're going to be doing anything with this, you know, trading the index futures or trading US 500, there really isn't any advantage of having you know, both of them up. You're going to trade one. Pick one, and, and that's the way you're going to deal with it. There is no... Uh, 
need for the daily chart today because everything we're going to be utilizing for our study in liquidity. And before I get into this, okay, this is the part where you have to be really paying attention because it's easy to think, okay, ICT is giving out signals today. No, okay, this is not what this is. This is really just to illustrate why you have to understand the economic calendar and the effects of liquidity and how the markets will abruptly reprice to a specific you know, liquidity area. If you look at your hourly chart, we're going to do the US 500 first because I want to get that out of the way and then my focus is going to be on ES. Okay, so that way we can look at the reference points as closely as we can in terms of agreement so that we know the liquidity points I'm looking at, what I think might unfold today, and I might be wrong. Okay, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to be in a paper trading account. I want you to push a button, okay, on a paper trading account. That means it's not a live account. I want you to feel what it feels like to be in there trying to push the button. And TradingView probably isn't going to let you enter, not even on a demo, okay? And your live broker would be equivalent. They always, they always mess with the ability to get in on a market move like this, it's so aggressive and highly manipulated. If you go into these types of days thinking, unless you're going in minutes, you know, right before the report's released and you're gambling and that is reckless, it's not advised, that's really stupid to do that. If you push a button that in this market move this morning with a live account, I'm telling you, you're going to regret it. So don't do it, okay? What we're doing is we're doing an interactive study, looking at how prices right now, where the liquidity pools are, I'm gonna go over in a moment, and then what they go for and how fast it gets there, and then what it does once it goes to them, okay? I do not have an interest in pushing a button in my live accounts. I have no interest in doing that. I will not be doing it. So if I'm not doing it, please, Please listen to me. Do not use this as an invitation to go in and push a live account button and hurt yourself. Okay. If what we outlined today pans out and it's you know precise or whatever, it's just an experience for you to log in your journal and you observed it live. That's experience that you you want to be doing this every time there's a high impact or a medium impact news driver, you want to do what I'm going to do today. Okay. And if you do it every single day, studying how the market does these types of things that experience is going to build over time and you'll start seeing things that my lessons and my videos won't fully put you into a, a style of trading that you can't really understand yet and what i mean by that is you're not going to know what it is you're doing as a trader until you discover seeing it over and over again in the charts and you're probably thinking well why don't we all see the same thing you're all looking at different time frames different markets and your opinion and your personality is going to vary you know, across all different cultures and demographics. You know, you're all going to be wanting to do something different. And that's the wonderful thing about the tools I've given you. You can carve out your own niche and be unique and still use my concepts and feel good that it's yours. It's your model. You built it yourself. That way you can feel confident about going forward and not leaning on me 
through codependence, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do it with any mentor. You don't want to have any chain to their product. You don't want to have any chain to their signal service. You don't want to have any kind of tethering at all for their advice or their opinion. You want to be an independent mind going in, making your own decisions. And if they're good, you take all the glory for that. If it's bad, you eat that. That's the way it is, okay? If you don't have that mindset or if you can't cultivate that, trading is not going to work out for you. So with all that risk disclaimer such out of the way, and I apologize if that board did socks off of you, but I have to make sure that the folks that are coming in here aren't going to think that, hey, this is casino time. <laughs> Let's get in there and risk it all. No, please don't do that, okay? All right, so now US 500 on the hourly chart. If you have as much as, let's see, what's the date on that? If you go back and look at the 28th of October, okay, you'll see about the 1600. Now my time is UTC negative five. Okay, so that way you know what I'm looking at time-wise. And the candle I'm looking at for US 500 on the hourly chart at the 1600 hour on Friday, October 28th, 2022. That high, and then just to the right of it, a few candles over on November 1st at, what is that, eight o'clock in the morning. That high is slightly higher than that one prior to it. Okay, so we have relative equal highs there. We broke down, took out the low on the 10 o'clock hour on October 31st. Now, if you're complaining about this and say, I wish you would just show a chart, this is how you're going to do it. If you can't navigate based on what I'm talking about, well, to, to time, the time frame, you're not going to do well trading anyway. So this helps you feel confident that you're doing it with your own charts, your own scheme of colors, your, your layout, everything. But it should be a naked chart. I want you to notice how that rally up on Wednesday, November 2nd of 2022. 1400 candle route all the way up to trade into that small little fair value gap that made that higher high on November 1st. We created an optimal trade entry and it broke down aggressively, took out the low formed on October 22nd, that Thursday at 1600 hours. We traded down on November 3rd. made that low, and then we failed to go any lower than that. So we tried one, two, three times to make a lower low. And there's lots of sell-side liquidity resting right below that November 3rd low. So I want you to take a horizontal line and drop that on that low. So that way we know, going forward, what am I expecting this morning? I'm of the opinion that we're going below that low. Now, I'm not pushing a button. I'm not risking money. I'm not taking a trade. I'm sharing my opinion as to why in a moment, but that's that's where I usually put that little eyeball icon that TradingView offers. I, I'm placing it right now, right underneath my chart, those lows. Okay, so I believe that we're likely to see a trade down there. In the same hourly chart from that low that was formed on November 3rd, we traded up to the high formed on 
November 8th of 2022, the 10 o'clock in the morning hour, made that high there. And then we had a shift in market structure that took out the low on November 8th of 2022 at three o'clock in the morning. That low was taken out on the candle of November 8th at 1400 hour. And we traded back up into that city I talked about yesterday and we broke down. Now we have a small little bear flag. Okay, this is what retail is seeing right now. There's a bear flag where the market has dropped and went below the lows I talked about yesterday. And the low specifically is November 7th at three o'clock in the morning, that low. We swept below that and we've consolidated. Now, if you look at the 37.80, and again, we're looking at the US 500 hourly chart. If you look at the low on the candle of 1100 on November 9th, Wednesday's trading, okay? That low and the high of the candle at 1400, you'll see that there's a fair value gap right there. I want you to note that. Okay, so there's going to be a small little fair value gap that's approximately, and I'll share my chart after we've done this. This is kind of like a test for you. Your chart should look real close to mine. Do not share them. Don't post them. Don't try to be the first one. Just let me say this right now. It's irritating to me when people in the comment section or they reply first. Yeah, that, that's annoying to me. Uh, don't try to be the first to share your charts. Okay, right now it's interactive. We haven't even completely covered everything yet. But when we're done and I close the session, share your chart because I'm going to share mine at noon. That way you can compare and contrast what you've done listening to me and observing price. That way, if you're wrong, you'll learn from it. If you're right, it just feels good doing it. It feels good to do it. So we have that small little fair value gap. And look at that low on the 9th of November at 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay, see that low? That's essentially just about midpoint of that fair value gap. So it might want to revisit that if it spikes up there. I'm thinking this is what I'm expecting. I'm expecting price to jump up into that fair value gap, touch the very minimum of 37.75. Point three, that should be your candle high on November 9th at 1400. And as much as, but it could color outside the lines here. This is why I don't like to trade this before it happens. But the low of 3786 on the candle at noon, November 9th. Okay, so that's your fair value gap. I'm thinking that we could run up into that. Then it drops down for the sell side liquidity below 3694. Or was it 3694.7? Okay. So that's what I'm expecting. That's what I'm anticipating. I think that is a probable profile for today for the CPI number. The problem with this is, and you probably have been seeing this if you've been studying the CPI number you know, this year, the CPI number just comes out and it's just like a straight line. It's like, okay, <laughs> we were here and now we're way down here. Okay, that's how fast it can happen. That's why it's very, very dangerous. So let's play devil's advocate for a moment. 
okay? Let's just say I'm right, and I'm not suggesting I'm going to be because I don't believe that anybody should be taking this advice. We're studying this, okay? If I firmly believe that I was going to make money doing this and I could enter it, I'd be doing the trade. I'm not. I'm not even pushing a demo. I'm not doing that. I want you to do that, okay? I want you to feel what it feels like to be in this, and then after you push the button, I want you to think about it being real. Think about what it would feel like, the anxiety or the exhilaration of whatever happens in the marketplace, okay? I want you to feel that. But also, as soon as the number comes out and you see your market chart move around, I want you to try to press a button and see how long it takes before you ever get a confirmed fill on your paper trading account. Because you see all these folks out there, they'll show you that they got in on the very one minute candle near the high right before the CPI number drops. Uh, that's bullshit. Okay. That's not happening. It ain't happening. Okay. You're not getting filled. So in a perfect world, say it wasn't a number that comes to market like CPI, I would take this trade on any other medium or high impact news driver. I would wait for it to trade up in that fair value gap. I'd use that as a shorting opportunity. And then I would look for it to run down to 36.94.50. That's what I would look for. Okay. Um, if I'm wrong and it completely blows out that fair value gap, then you know I'm I'm wrong and there you go. Then you know why I don't want to trade these markets. But if I'm right, it's not me patting myself on the back. I'm not going to champion it. I'm not going to be doing any kind of peacocking. But I want you to understand how fast this market will move. And I only got like six minutes to get the rest of this out. But I'm showing you where I think it's going to go. I'm co-signed. There's, there's no side B to this. There's no scribble line that's going to give me a bullish scenario. I think it only goes up to get in that fair value gap. If at all, it may not even do that. But if it does, I would think that it would aggressively reprice down below that 36.9450 level. Okay. And now the easy part for ES, the only thing you're going to be doing is looking at the US 500, everything I just outlined, your chart, while the prices don't agree exactly, the relative equal lows that were formed on the 3rd of November and the, what is that? This 4th of November, eight o'clock in the morning, those relative equal lows. So that liquidity pool is the same on ES and the fair value gap exists the same on the ES one hour chart, okay? So I'm thinking slightly higher, and if it can, run up into that fair value gap and then crash down for the sell side. Once it gets to that sell side, I'm interested in seeing what it does that at that moment. So I'm not suggesting that I know what it's gonna do beyond that. The only thing we're observing, and this is how I frame a trade, I'm not trying to go in and try to do, like with my examples, you'll see me do a session where I'll say, okay, this is, this is where I think the market's going to go, and I'll point to, I'll say, you know, note this level. What I'm saying is, is that's my bias because if it's above the market price, that means I'm bullish for that session, okay, that New York session or a PM session, whatever it is that I'm referring to, the next session that we're in or about to begin, that's the next one I'm looking for. Right now, I just did it real time with you telling you where I believe the market's going to draw to, but also prefacing it by saying, do not push it with a live account because I might be wrong. And these numbers are dangerous. Like they will manipulate the market incredibly and they can hurt you very, very bad quickly. 
So don't do that. The only thing we're doing is studying how we see a trade set up. Is it likely to pan out? If it's good, just use it as experience. If it's wrong, be thankful that you didn't push it in a live account. And I'll tell you, I'll, this is the reason why I don't do it. Okay. Now, later in the afternoon, well, I really shouldn't say afternoon. Let's say 9.45. That way there's 15 minutes after equities open at 9.30. Let them digest what the open does too. Then at that point at 9.45 on CPI number days, then you can go in and trade the normal market conditions. But until like 8.30 to 9.45, man, you're in dangerous waters, especially if you don't know what you're talking about or what you're doing in the marketplace. And there's a lot of you that are like that, and that's who I'm talking to. I know there's a lot of people out here have experience and they take um, offense to what I'm saying, like I'm talking to them. If you're profitable and, you're, and you know what you've been doing, you've been around the block for a while, I'm not talking to you, <laughs> okay? I'm, I'm making sure people that don't know what they're doing are, aren't gonna hurt themselves, okay? So that's what we're looking for. We're gonna sit here and watch in less than two minutes or so. The fireworks will happen. And if it runs up in the fair value gap, we're gonna observe if it rolls right through it and doesn't respect it and goes higher, which whatever, but if it goes in the fair value gap and then sells off, then you'll have something to observe, study, log it. And if you have the ability to record, and I use TechSmith's Camtasia Studio, uh, it, it costs a little bit of money, but for study purposes, man, it's 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 nice to be able to record live data, even if you're not in front of the charts, if you have a, a business or if you're working or if you're in school and you can't be in front of the charts real time, just set it to record, you know, a one and five and 15 minute chart layout. And you can come back and watch. It's, it's totally different from watching like a market replay on TradingView. Market replay is kind of like stilted. It's not as fluid as you would expect to see real time data. So to me, I think it's one of the best resources of, in addition to a journal. All right, so I think that is enough talking. We're gonna see what pans out now. All the clicking is me just adding the things I added in commentary to my ES chart because the only thing I marked up really was on the US 500 chart. So now what we have is we have an outline of my opinion, what I think the market will likely do and why should it do it. I believe that that imbalance around on ES between, uh, what is that, 37, 82.50 or thereabouts, if it goes up into there, that's fair value. And if they want to sink it lower, they can take it to that point and then down below 37.04. Or just a straight dump rate to 37.04. There's the two outcomes I see. Otherwise, I'm dead in the water, wrong, and it just blows right through the fair value gap, and that'll be the end of it. All right, less than 15 seconds. Showtime.
And that is why you don't want to do it. <laughs> ES has ripped all the way up to 38.60 right now. And the US 500 chart's not doing anything for me or here. Check on Twitter real quick. Can you see if, do you have anything moving on your US 500 chart? There it is. It just finally updated and it's just one big jump up there. So US 500 just ripped all the way up into 3840 or above. There you go. All right, so now there's no one, there's no one entering on that candle with any measure of precision or nimbleness. Okay, there's no, anytime you see anybody sharing a chart, like always after the fact, here's my entry. And here it is. Here's why I got in it. That's fake. Okay, because you can't you can't even do it with the demo. Like it's not going to fill you. So it's it's nonsensical for these folks to come out here on a day like these these market reports. It's no way, absolutely not going to happen. Now, if you look at the lows right on the hourly, now I'm specifically looking at ES because I'm not concerned about US 500 now. I'm not sure why there was such a big delay there, but it has very close movement to uh, the ES. I'll maximize this one. I'm looking at the other one. All right, so now we have relative equal lows on this morning. Buy sides resting right at on your hourly chart. We have not I have not changed my time frame. The high of 38.67, there's buy side resting just above that. Now, if we can run above that, that would be a candidate to see if they want to take that and then reject it and then come back for the sell side resting below 37.50. I don't personally see them coming all the way up to 39.25. Is that what that is? No, 39.28. If you look at the high on the 1st of November, I'm not interested in seeing that, but I would like to see it go above the high at November 8th at 11 o'clock in the morning. They can bump that, and then if it rejects, then it can come back and clean up the sell side below 37.50. And if they can accelerate below that, then back into that 3705, 3704 area. That's a scenario that I'd like to see pan out after like the 9.45 a.m. I was referring to earlier, let the equities market open up. This here is this absolute gambling. And it looks incredible. Like it feels like, man, if I could have just been in that 100 handle move that happened like like that. <laughs> if you're wrong, folks, I'm telling you, if you're wrong, it ends you. So it's not a matter of, oh, well, you know, you should know better. No, I know that this is going to hurt you 
It could hurt me. Like I gave you my honest opinion about what I felt is a likely scenario this morning. Why don't you trade at ICT? Because this is what can happen. If I pushed it with a live account, this would have crushed it. Like it would have been bad. So again, this gets back to what I was referring to, uh, I think it was last week or the weekend. I'm not sure when I was doing uh, the last stream or space where I was saying social media equity curves, you know, being popular based on, you know, showing stuff with like a MyFX book or whatever, that puts you in a, in a position where you have to constantly perform, like you have to do it. And I'm not trying to teach that in any of my students. And I don't, I don't do that. I want to be in a market where it's really easy to see what it's likely to do. Where is it likely to go? Why should it go there? And if I don't have that one-sidedness, now I don't have the one-sidedness today because the CPI numbers, you know, rocket fuel. Whatever they're going to do with the marketplace, they're going to do it, regardless of what my opinion is, what your opinion is, whatever. It's just going to just take off. And you can see it's moved a lot. In just a short span of time. If you drop down now, go into a 15 minute time frame. You can follow along on your US 500 chart too. You want to have a horizontal line on the high. Give me a second here. Draw mine as I'm going. We just ran through that high of. 3867. So now you want to watch what it does here. Because everyone that was short, their stop would be all above those relative equal highs on your 15 minute time frame ES chart for those that are following along. Make sure that it looks like that one. Yeah, you got relative equal highs there too. Now, that bear flag idea, remember I was talking about earlier? Retail would follow along with that and go short. What I look for is it has to go up into a, at least a short-term premium, which is why the fair value gap was even mentioned in the first place, because it has to come up out of that to be even considered. Before we even began seeing the CPI number come out, I outlined why you shouldn't be pushing it with a live account. Don't even don't even try to make it with real money because it's going to hurt you. You wouldn't be able to get filled. That's the characteristic with this market report. Okay. You're not you're not getting filled. If you're going to get a fill, you're going to be filled so far away, if they even allow it to be filled, it'll be so slipped. And slippage is where you're trying to get in at and where you're actually filled. On a day like today, <laughs> you don't want to be slipped 50 handles, okay? That's not that's not fun because then you're going to be stuck trying to decide, is it something you want to hold on to still if you made the mistake of getting in? And I'm anxious to see if any of you were able to get your demo account or paper trading account to fill you on TradingView. Go down into a five-minute chart. Okay, and again, that is over 100 handles in less than 10 minutes. Can you afford to be wrong on a day like this? That, that's what I'm trying to 
you know, make you understand. Seeing big moves like this, it's intoxicating after you see them move. Like if you aren't watching it live or you're so brand new to this industry and you think that you can actually get in here and push the button and get in on these moves right as they happen, it's not happening. That doesn't happen. Okay. So knowing that that is what this market report does, it's important for you to know what the economic calendar says. And when these numbers like this come out, FOMC, rate announcements, and CPI numbers, they are dangerous. Like you can have your clock cleaned expediently, gone. Thanks for playing, ICT included. I did not do this to be incorrect, you know, on purpose. I genuinely gave you what I felt is a likely scenario, what I would like to see pan out. And if I would have done it with a live account, this would have hurt me. So knowing when not to do something and why you're not doing it, okay, that gives you peace of mind. It's not, it's never going to bring me a fear of missing out. Like, I don't look at this move and say, oh, but I wish I would have done. I, I don't. I don't do that. I don't think that way. We've already swept that 38.67 level on ES, the relative equal highs, if you're following on the US 500. We've swept that. So now we want to watch and see, does it give us a shorter time frame post 9.30 is what you're looking for. Now, it, it could just tear off and keep going higher. But we have a really huge imbalance now from the CPI number to where we are right now. So I think that we have a little bit of range to explore. Note that 38.50 on ES down into 38.15. Okay, so 38.50 to 38.15. That might be something we explore going into the equities open at 9.30. I'm just highlighting that range because I set it here. I'm going to make sure it shows up in my chart later on. And I'm, I didn't see this, but I'm certain if I go through my tweets, someone's going to ask, you know, what's the data? You know, how do you read the data? I don't ever care to know what the data is. I just anticipate a lot of volatility on certain market events like this. And then I study it. I'm never going in and trading seat. I've never, ever, ever told any of my students to go in there and say, all right, you're going to trade a CPI number. And you're going to get in there ahead of the CPI number, and then there it is. No, we treat it just like FOMC. We want to see it hit the market, watch and observe what liquidity they take, where they aim for. And if you look at the five-minute chart right now, looking back as far as yesterday, candles in a little 1545 on November 9th, Wednesday, November 9th of November. Look at the 
1545 candle that low. If you're following along on US 500, it should be basically the same thing. So it's walked sideways ahead of this report coming out. I outlined how retail would see that as a bear flag. And we, I wanted to see it go up into some short-term premium. It did so. Now, if I was wrong, then it would go up and obviously run out that previous high. We've done so. Now it's just hanging around. We have some time. It's only 8.42. So we're really an hour away before any trade would be taken by me. I'm not against taking trades on CPI number of days. I just don't want you thinking that it's advised or smart to be taking a trade of ahead of CPI number. I don't care how long you've been doing or what you think your tools are doing. I, I got it wrong right in front of you. And that was a genuine opinion about what I felt was likely to happen. And that's what these reports will do. They will crush you. And you need to do this a dozen times in a year to realize, hey, this is probably not something smart or safe for me to do. Let me wait and see what the market does after that explosion of volatility comes in the marketplace. Because there's trades that will be taken later on in the day. That's fine. But I don't want you feeling like you have to know what this is going to do. Because I don't know what it's going to do. CPI number is a highly manipulated data release. Just like FOMC, you don't know what the Fed's going to do. You don't know what they're going to do in repricing the currencies because they can come out dovish or hawkish, and that might mean something to somebody else in the analysis. But the market reprices and starts going the opposite direction. You've been in that situation before. It's supposed to be good for the currency or you know, good for the market, but it goes the other way aggressively. And then they'll say, well, it was it was the market discounted that. It was already priced in. Why didn't you say that before the news came out? Because it's all bullshit. <laughs> we have to wait for this explosion to happen. And then once the dust settles, then we can go in and, and pick our shots and, and see what happens after. Like right now, everybody that went in this today or was short just got taken out. Imagine you were short yesterday, holding on, thinking that bear flag that I outlined was going to continue going lower, breaking lower and keep going lower. Oh, they just got removed from the game quickly. Now, what I like to see is I like to see things like that and then look to see if that narrative can be utilized later in the day. They use, in my opinion, the CPI number as a vehicle to justify in the public's eye why the market went up to this level where we're at now above 3867. There was liquidity there. So that liquidity now has been engaged. Do we go higher and start working towards you know a higher close on the day? Or do we work back lower into that range that was just created with that big two or three up candles on a five-minute chart? And then work towards that sell side below 3750. That's that's what I'm looking for. I don't have a setup right now. But now, because we were so quick to get up there and take out yesterday's buy side liquidity, they did it on this high impact news driver. They did it where people are going to see that going into the 930 in the morning equities open. So it's going to create what? If you if you sat down in your charts, you woke up now, 
you look at this, this looks extremely bullish. Does it not? I mean, if you just looked at this five minute chart and you don't have anything else considered at all, this communicates a fevered pitch for markets that want to go higher. That's the that's a basic perception that anybody would come away with looking at that. The contrarian in me is thinking, okay, they use this to go up to that buy side. Can I use that and turn it on its head and then look for something that would justify why we can go back down into that range what I outlined? Which, if you look at the low of the candle, and this is on ES, so we're, if you're looking at a five-minute chart, you're going to go back, not counting the candle we're in right now, you're going to go back two candles. So that low on ES is at 38.53.5. I have that noted down to 38.15. So I'm looking for something in that range post 9.30 opening. Now, the worst case scenario would be is it just keeps on going higher and I have no setup. Okay. That's the worst because I'm not trying to get in anything. It can trade down into that range and then resume going higher. And then I'm wrong there. But I would be wrong. And if I can take a trade. So that it's a different kind of being wrong. Wrong like this, I'm fine with because I'm illustrating why I don't trade these market reports and why it's dangerous for you to try to do it. Because you, you don't know. No one knows what they're going to do. Okay. And because there's manual intervention, you're opening yourself up to unlimited damage. Like it's unlimited how, how far and fast they can take these markets and reprice them. Look at how much it's moved already. So I'm thinking that range is too exposed. It's, it's all one-sided. It happened too fast. And go down into a one-minute chart on ES. Now, if you highlighted a range that I mentioned moments ago, that range being at the low of 38.53.5 ES, 38.53.5, down to 38.15. Now, on a one-minute chart, you should see a fair value gap right at one-minute chart. You should see a fair value gap right at on a one minute chart on ES at 38.50 even and the low on 38.53 and a half. So there's a smaller fair value gap with a down close candle at the 8.32 minute marker on ES. So if we drop down into that, Say it drops down to that, and then it takes out the high again, whatever high would form prior to it dropping down there. That, to me, I'd have to concede and say, okay, this is probably going to go into a firmer close for today. But I'd like to see, here's what is important. That fair value gap that I just outlined, if we can get below that, and then it can act as resistance and a failure to, you know, in other words, engage price and send it higher. If there is no accumulation that takes place at that down close candle on the one minute chart with that fair value gap, and it goes below it and comes back up and starts acting as resistance, 
I'll take every fair value gap that forms after that when the, with the anticipation that we're likely to trade down into that 38.15 level. But as a time filter applied to it, because I want to see the equities open and we still have, well, 40 minutes before 9.30. And a safe time for you as a developing student would be waiting till 9.45. You're going to probably miss trades. That's okay. If you're learning how to do something, it's important for you to be comfortable with missing moves and not knowing why you missed it because it's harmless versus getting into something, not knowing what you're doing, being harmed by it and not understanding why it hurt you. It will it'll become toxic to you. Trading will feel toxic. You'll develop fear and anxiety, which is the hardest thing to get over. Fear and missing out, that's easily fixed because once you have a model, you don't sweat these types of moves. You know that there's other moves that you're going to be able to be able to capture and it'll make sense for you to be engaging it. But fear and anxiety of losing money, that's a really hard one to fix because it's easy to talk yourself into thinking, wow, you know, I just had a losing trade or I had a series of losing trades. What happens if I take the next 10 trades and they're losers too? Your mind gets overactive. So All those things come into the equation when you start looking at real-time data and considering pushing the button. If you've done the exercise this morning, let me take a look at Twitter real quick. If, if you push the button, I have so many people tweeting to me. <laughs> Not tweeting to me, texting me. Please don't do that because it's a distraction. A lot of my students know my cell phone number and they abuse it. I don't rarely ever re reply to all of them. But if you push the button and you can show me your execution arrows, do that. Tweet that to me now. If you couldn't get a fill or if it rejected your order, say so. There you go. Armando, order rejected. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. See that? But you'll never see that. And that was on demo, Armando says. So that's what I'm trying to explain to you. There's people out there that are going to pretend that they did something stellar. And you'll probably see it. They probably will show they bought the low. Okay. Or they'll use the arrow on a, uh, on a candle like that one it formed at 8.30. And because it doesn't show you the actual price, I think um, it would be better for TradingView to actually have the arrow populate the chart at the price you got filled at. You'd see a whole lot less tomfoolery in terms of what was being shared by people online. Because if they show you the chart and it has the arrow at the low of the candle, it, at first glance, it was like, wow, you bought the very low. When you could be near the high of the candle as an entry. You know, if the trades are closed, that's why it's important. That's why I go through and show you my entries, show you my execution, actual price points. If I'm not recording it live when I'm getting in there, I go and I show you where the actual bills were. All right. So looking at the ES right now, again, we're on the same one minute time frame. We have had one, 
drive falls short of that 38.67 level. Traded down a little bit, and then we went above the 38.67, back down below 38.67 a little bit, into a fair value gap that was formed on the can. This is a one minute chart on ES at 38.59 and a quarter to the low of 38.66 and three quarters. That fair value gap was engaged at the 839 candle on ES. Then we ran at the short-term high that was formed. The only interest I have, because you don't know if it's going to keep tearing off higher, and it can do that, I want to see that fair value gap I outlined earlier. Just below uh, 38.53 and a half. Again, on one minute chart, you should see it, it trades down into a order block if it does that. As long as it keeps going higher, there's nothing to do. You don't want to keep buying it. You don't want to chase it. You don't want to do anything with this right now. What I'm looking for is I want to see that fair value gap that would otherwise be something I would go long on if we didn't have this big run up like this. In other words, I'm not looking for that fair value gap to go down into it to buy long. I don't want to do that. What I want to see it do is I want to see it trade down into it. Initially, it might want to give the impression it wants to go higher, but I want to see that fail. That's the setup I'm looking for. I want to see that fail go below the fair value gap. Once price goes below the fair, and it may not do this, but if it does, this is, what's, this is what I'm looking for to actually push a button today. I want to see that fail. And why, why would I want that? Because the buy side liquidity at 38.67 has been taken. It's been engaged now. And it was done so on the CPI number when there's nothing constructive about the consumer right now. Like it's it's bad. So I don't need to know what the report says. Like all of this here is just I'm utilizing for liquidity only. I knew and expected, and you know now also that there's a lot of volatility on the CPI number. We observed how it went above buy side from yesterday. And now, is it running higher still? No, it's just hanging around. There is no setup for a long in here that I would take. I would not want to take a long at that fair value gap that I outlined, framed on the only down close candle that you see right at 832. That down close candle on a one minute chart, yes. That's a bullish order block, and it's coupled with a fair value gap that's formed immediately after that down close candle. If that does not send price higher, if it trades down to it, that's my broken little wing. You know, that's like, hey, you know, this should have sent price higher. If it goes down there and starts to rally, that's good. Because then if it does go below that fair value gap, I'll feel confident that I can take a trade down into the 38.15 and maybe even retest that uh, 37.95. Would that be that price? 92, 37.92. But that's the only thing I would do. Like I would let this market do – if it just tears off and goes all the way up to 3,900, I don't care. I don't fear missing it. I don't have any anxiety about you know not having been in it because I know what I'm looking for. You might have something else in mind that you want to do. What I just outlined is something that I would be willing to engage. And if that fair value gap fails, that to me would indicate that we're likely to revisit and reprice to at the very minimum that 3815 level, 
Now you're probably asking yourself, why that 38.15 level? 38.15, let's go back up to the hourly chart. I just realized there's a lot of folks in here following on the US 500 chart and it's probably getting very frustrating for you. I apologize. All right, so 38.15, if you look at all the the wicks on, and we're on an hourly chart for ES, the candle at nine o'clock on Wednesday, at 10 o'clock, and at 11 o'clock. There was multiple times it traded up into that area and moved away. Because it has done that, what was actually occurring on those three hours, the market has traded up and then back down, traded up, then back down, traded back up and then back down. That creates a balanced price range. So it can trade down into that area. Now I use 38.15 because it's about near the low end because of a big report day like this. There's a lot of animation in price. It, it can color outside the lines basically and do a little bit more than you would reasonably expect. That's why I chose the 3815. Do you use 3815 for yourself if it starts to outline what I mentioned earlier? That's up for you to determine. You can use 3820, that's a nice number as well, for it to want to trade back down in if it's going to do any of that at all. But that all stems on the willingness or likelihood that that fair value gap that I outlined earlier is even ever engaged because this could just keep grinding higher and that trade never forms. Do I regret not buying it if it does that? No, because buying it right now after it's done what it's done here makes absolutely no sense to me. I'm buying in an extremely you know, huge premium with a correction that would take us into even a small move to like 30, 40 or 30, 36. You know, that's too much of a range for me to, to concede with you know, being wrong in. I, I need to know what I'm looking for. I need to know what shots I'm trying to go after. And right now we got relatively speaking, we have the three drives high pattern, uh, three drives higher pattern. I just don't like how smooth the one we're in there right now is. I'd really like to see the candle we just closed actually come lower. Might want to pop it up one more time. If you look at your one minute chart, ES, we just dropped down into that fair value gap that was formed on the 856 candle to the 858 candle. So there's three candles that fair value gap, we dropped down into it. I'd like to see that one fail to send price higher. I'd like to see that and see if we can get below the low formed at the 850 minute marker. That would be interesting to see that happen. Then we can start to see if it wants to gravitate towards that fair value gap I mentioned earlier around that 3850 level. But there's no buttons being pushed right now. This is tape reading. This is tape reading as I teach it. You see other people say, oh, this isn't tape reading. You, you need a DOM depth of market. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't need that. You need to know what you're looking for, and then once you understand what it is you're looking for, you wait. And if it doesn't form, what does that mean? 
Nothing. You didn't push a button. You didn't risk anything. And yes, you placed time in front of a chart. And that was an investment. It's experience. Most of your time is going to be doing nothing between trades. That, that's the part that wears people down. And that's the time when you discover what it is you're trying to do as a trader. Because if you don't have a model, if you don't have a method or an approach to, to want to push a button, if you're just in here trying to impulsively react to, oh, it looks like it's going to keep moving up or it's going to keep moving down, that's gambling. And then you shouldn't be surprised when you're wrecking yourself. I'm sure there's about 50 people out there right now saying, ICT got it wrong. But they didn't buy it. <laughs> That's the difference, okay? There's a difference here. All right, so we're at the low end of that fair value gap. It would have to go up here or it fails. I like to see it trade back down below that 38.67. If my son Caleb was here, he could uh, provide me a means of uh, a sounding board. I can bounce some things off of him and ask him, you know, what do you see here? What do you, what would you anticipate here? So I'm right now I'm at the, Point where I'm trying to anticipate what some of you are thinking, what you're probably asking. Like, why didn't you talk about this? Why didn't talk about that? If I didn't talk about it, it's not important to me. Which gets back to, you know, your model is going to be your model. And the things that I'm trading off of, you may not be considering. It may not even be a factor at all for your trade. Maybe a market you're not going to touch or a, a time frame. Okay, so now notice how we have moved up into the range between 38.60 to 38.80 after taking out the high from yesterday at 38.67. Has there been a lot of animation to the upside after taking it? We had one shallow run above it. We dropped down below it, made a higher high again, consolidated, made a higher high, and now we're about to trade below 38.67 looks like. There's relative equal lows sitting right around, you look at your one minute chart, the 850 to 853, small little pool of liquidity in there. I wish he would just show his charts. You can't trade off my charts. You got to trade off your charts. All right, so we're trading back into that fair value gap. The gap is formed from the high on candle 856. I'm talking about time to the low on candle 858. So we went below it. Now we're trading back up into it. We're seeing does it have reason to repel price and keep it from going any higher.
So if you're looking at it from a one minute chart, if you have the, we'll just say 38, 36 level, from 38, 36, drop a horizontal line there and drop one at the high of 3770.75. Okay. That range, that is a buy side imbalance, sell side inefficiency. That means that the imbalance is to the buy side. It's all delivery on the upside. It is not buying pressure. Okay. Because you saw how fast that candle traded. All those prices between those two levels, as I told you, did not get traded. So there's a buy side imbalance and it's inefficient in sell side. No one had an opportunity to sell as counterparty to anybody that would see this candle. It looks like, oh, all these prices in here were traded. No, they weren't. That is a huge gap. And I know most of you don't have the way of seeing it, but if I pull up a five second chart, On a five second chart, now you want to put this in your chart with a different kind of color. You want to note the low on the 8.30 candle, okay, but at 15 seconds after 8.30. The low is at 38.15 and a quarter. So you know why I'm talking about 38.15 now. <laughs> the for to make it bigger color is we'll use orange and then you want to have another horizontal line at the high of 37.70 and three quarters so what i just gave you was a real honest to god liquidity void that is a liquidity void. It is not what you think of as an imbalance. That's not a liquidity void. A liquidity void was where there's absolutely no trading taking place at all. That gap where it moved from 37.70 and three quarters up to 38.15 and a quarter, that was two transaction times. One, two. That's it. Well, what, what about the trading took place between 38.15 and a quarter to 37.70 and three quarters? There was no trading there. So we have a big old open chasm of price action where neither buy side or sell side was offered. Now, I just recently taught this about a month ago, or at least in the last month, and I told you what a real liquidity void is. That's what we're going to study going forward. That area down there, that will be revisited. And what I'm trying to see is, do we have reason to expect that in today's trading session today it might not provide it let me go back up to a one minute chart <clears throat> so it's a matter of looking for something to justify why the market should move well, to a draw on liquidity. 
I like the idea of trading back down into that range I gave you earlier. But the one that has my most interest is the one I identified at 37.70 and three quarters to 30.15 and a quarter, because that is a absolute liquidity void there. The market will want to go down there. Now, will it go down there to just about halfway and then create some kind of buying opportunity? It could. But gravitating towards that, that's what I'm looking for for the rest of today. I'm not interested in going long. I do not, would not consider buying this at all. I don't care. Even in the PM session, I would not buy it, would not be trying to buy it because we've already built in a huge premium. It's one-sided and it might take until next week before that 37.70 level is repriced to. It doesn't have to happen today, but I'm going in looking for that today. So now if I have that expectation and that's my trade model, I'm going to be impl implementing and employing for this market for this particular trading day. If I don't have the setup pan out, or if I have no framework that would logically provide a movement to trade down into those areas, I'm not going to feel anxious about missing anything. I'm not gonna be impatient about pushing the buttons because I need to have things in proper context before I go in and do anything. So, Hopefully, you know, understanding what it is that I look for, I've, I've mapped it out. You saw firsthand experience why I do not trade ahead of CPI because I can get it wrong. And if you're wrong on these types of days, it is like a tractor trailer running you over. You know, the first set of wheels hit you. Yeah, that hurts. <laughs> but you got 16 more that's going to run right back over top of you still. You know, it just keeps running over top of you, running over top of you. So you don't want to be wrong on a day like this. So just giving yourself the opportunity to observe, study, see what it's likely to do, and then revisit it at 945. Does it give us any reason to anticipate market wanting to trade down into those levels I outlined? If it doesn't, then do nothing. Don't buy it and chase it. Don't do that. There's plenty other days out there where you can be a buyer and it makes sense. Whereas right now it's so overly built in as a premium, the public's going to want to buy this at 930. They're going to want to buy it. And that's also going to build in, I'm sorry, build in more premium. And in my opinion, more likely to trade down into the ranges I outlined. There's no reason to, uh, to chase it. But to hopefully demystify that whole, how do you get past fear of missing out? Or how do you engage beyond getting something wrong? How do you know when to avoid the trade? I did all that today with you. Number one, I'm respecting the risk because these types of moves are unforgiving. Like you don't get a second chance to fix it. Like you, you can't look at this and say, oh, I, I took a small loss. Let me reverse and go the other way. <laughs> no, you don't have that luxury. It moves 80 to 100 handles and real quick. So it, it provides no opportunity for nimbleness at all. Either you're dead right before the report comes out or you're dead wrong, okay? And since it's so 50-50 like that and there's no room for me to mitigate a loss, like if, if, I, if I see that 100, uh, 100 handle pan out over the course of the AM and PM session, I could get 
one or two trades wrong legitimately and navigate and fix that, mitigate it. In a move like that in the morning on a CPI number or FOMC in the afternoon when they usually come out two o'clock, two thirty. Doing those types of trades, like you have to be absolutely perfect. You have to know exactly how far it would move against you to know that it's something you can weather by entering before the report comes out, which is stupid. Like that's the epitome of gambling. And I, I don't teach that. I don't do that. I don't teach it. But by having the understanding of what it is that I'm looking for and understanding the elevated risk involved, I don't fear missing these moves. I don't feel like I missed anything. And I don't feel like I'm bleeding out in front of you because I already explained to you that this is a market move that I'm prone to be incorrect about. So I fear, I fear nothing. I don't feel like I've missed something. I don't feel like I've failed. I don't feel like I've hurt myself. I didn't take a losing trade. I didn't lose any money. I had no negative engagement whatsoever. None. That's how you have to study. You have to keep your trading studying like that. No emotion. I've outlined what I would like to see for the rest of today and or going forward. I want to see that liquidity void. That's a draw now. And we have to look for the market to indicate that it's done so. In other words, done so. I didn't say what I was supposed to say, right? <laughs> it's got to have a shift in market structure where it looks like, okay, we've done enough pressing higher. So wait for a shift in market structure, but time first. What, what element is that? It's going to be the 9.30 opening. They're holding this into a premium. So at 9.30, Average Joe and G.I. Jane, you know, she's just got her trading terminal opened up. She's ready to go out there and, and start shooting things. They're going to see this as a premium. Not in the sense that we see it. They see it as, you know, I didn't say that right, actually. They see this as a indication that it wants to go higher. Whereas we see as a premium, it's too expensive right now. So it's better for us to anticipate a correction lower into a discount versus buying at these elevated prices when it's likely to reprice to a discount. And then anybody that would be going in and buying it right on the opening at 930, they suffer, you know, drawdown or maybe you can get stopped out or caught offside. <clears throat> I'm going to try to hang around here until 9.45. <laughs> we'll see what we get. If I can find a way to push a button, folks, I'm going to do it. I see T's gambling. High roller. <laughs> but I took you through the process of knowing why don't trade on these days. Study them. And hopefully it's convinced you that it's a day that you you really can't trade it i mean let's be honest you can't this this is not a trading day you can observe it and it's it's really good study and it gives you a lot of feedback in terms of what you think the market's likely to do and where it's going to go and i'm only interested in seeing it you know trade into these areas that i've mentioned uh, thus far so I'm going to take that first fair value gap off my chart, and I'm going to take 
the fairway get not the fairway get the range I gave you from thirty eight fifty three and a half to thirty eight fifteen. I'm gonna take that off. So the only levels I have now is yes base buy side liquidity pull high at thirty eight sixty seven even, and I have now thirty eight fifteen and a quarter and thirty seven seventy point seven five. Okay, those those three levels. That's the only levels I have on my chart. There's nothing else on it at all. And I'm watching to see what we get in regards to the opening at 9.30. This thing could just keep grinding like a little higher each time, then sideways, small little correction, grind slowly higher. That's the, that's the worst case scenario. And when I was a younger man, I got hurt a lot trying to do that with bonds. I had less than six months experience and i always saw like bearish divergences on the stochastic and i was using an hourly chart to do it and every time i saw a bearish divergence i was trying to sell short because i was like okay it went up to give me a bearish divergence that's that's what i was viewing it as not realizing that you know the profile could potentially just keep grinding higher and you know buying it didn't make any sense and trying to short it made better sense, but I ended up getting smashed because I would do you know, 15, 20 different trades going short and each one being worse than the previous one. So that's always a problem on a day like this. So that's why I outlined that liquidity void and outlined it, mapped it out for you. So that way you know what you're looking for. Even if you don't have the 15 second chart, I can tweet that when we're done and you can actually see the liquidity what I'm referring to. But those pockets in price action those porous wakes okay where there's no trading at all they are some of the best draws on liquidity but you unfortunately have to sit and you have to wait for the market to keep putting enough people in as counterparty like every single one of these highs on your one minute chart someone has tried to fade that and go short now, I'm telling you, I, I'm interested in being short, but there's been no setup. Every framework that I've given to say, okay, let's just see if it does this, it just keeps grinding higher. But it's not grinding a lot higher. Notice that it's just a nuisance you know, going higher. So there's nothing that excites me about buying it. And as much as I want to see something to gravitate towards that 30, 15 and a quarter level, nothing is in play yet. There's no setup. So I can see how, when I was a 20 year old, how I would have really hurt myself multiple times in here trying to do something with an indicator versus just waiting for price to show its hand. It's not done that yet. So we're above 38.67 still. We've had one, two, three, four times we've moved into a higher high, but very shallow. And it hasn't even been 20 handles above yesterday's 38.67 buy side liquidity pool. Not to say it can't go higher. I'm just saying it hasn't done so yet. So take a gander at the, the daily chart real quick. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
All right, so let's take a look at the daily. You know, that was drawn here now. Tell you what I'm doing here. Hold on a second. All right, so if you go up to your daily chart on ES, if you're following along on US 500, I'm not sure if it's going to line up the same way. Uh, the candle on September 15th, 2022 is a Thursday. The closing price at 39.19 and a quarter to the opening price of candle September 16th, 2022 is a Friday. That opening price at 39.04. So again, the closing price on candle September 15th, 2022. That is 39.19 and a quarter. And the opening price at 39.04 on candle September 16th. That is a fair value gap. And while I don't subscribe to the idea of it going above 39.28 high on November 1st, they could still push this into that retest of the fair value gap that I just outlined. So you want to have that on your chart too. So that might be just a little bit more of a flex going into the open, and then maybe you can see some kind of a, an attempt to get down into. Yesterday's high is 38, 48 and three quarters. <clears throat> if you look at the candle, and I'm still on a daily time frame, by the way. If you look at the November 1st high and compare that with the high on October 28th, November 1st is slightly higher. Uh, that's the reason why I'm not a fan, even though if you go all the way back over to the 20th of September, you could argue and say that's relatively equal highs. You know, yeah, I guess you could. I mean, it can do that. I'd, I'd be wrong. But I don't I don't subscribe to that at this moment. Actually, if we go above that, I don't see that as going above those relative equal highs and then fading and going lower. I would think that was gonna, if it was going to go there, it's going to go above. 3981. So that that's why I'm saying I don't like the idea or subscribe to the idea that the first of November's high is the draw. But I could be wrong. I'm dropping back down to a 15 minute time frame. Now with that fair value got on the chart, and you can see how it looks like it wants to reach up into the low of that one. Just above the 3900, so like 3902. If I was booking and making the market for ES, I would I would hit 3902 and then sink it below 3867, right at the opening on the 930. Like I would run it there and then collapse it to go back below 3867. So 
39.2, hit it, maybe 39.5, flex into that fair value gap one more time, and then reject that, send it down to 38.67. That's how I would make the market for ES if I was doing it. Because everybody's going to, they're going to want to buy this three at the open. Can you guys hear me still? I'm not sure if it disconnected me because I closed the, I was checking my text from my wife. <laughs> and I put my phone screen to sleep. I'm not sure if you can still hear me. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I'm waiting for a tweet. Dreaming of electric, thank you. <clears throat> You may hear the painters upstairs stomping around. I apologize if that's the case. I promise you I'm not conducting line dancing instructions. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from, folks. Right off the cuff. All right, got a minute and a half. It's the open at 930. I promise in 2023, we'll have days where you'll see me calling the markets and moving right now. Today is an opportunity for you to see why we do not do CPI number and treat this the same way. I don't need to do this again for FOMC. I've already done that in the past too, but these two types of reports, hands off. Wait until they hit the market, wait for the market to open up and then let that opening range happen, that first 15 to 30 minutes, let that happen. Then, then you can trust your technicals. Right now. It's all about making it attractive. They're putting lipstick on a pig. Nothing against pigs. Every time they drop something upstairs, or if I'm in another room, I'm freaking out. We had uh, Canadian hardwood floors um, in this house that was purchased. The, the builders, they had it done custom here. And it's just, it's a really, really nice hardwood floor, and I just don't want them to mess it up. All right, 9.30 opening. Here we go. Watch that fair value gap. Run at 39.02, 39.05 level. See if we get any kind of reaction off of that. I'm on a five-minute chart right now. All one-sided, just you know, pushed right from the CPI number at 830. 
3900 they call that a psychological level that's a level where there's a lot of liquidity sitting there a lot of large funds and such have their stops above that thinking it's safe and that's another reason why i put your attention on that fair value gap again but we've already traded their ict yeah and i don't teach supply and demand where it's one and done or we demand fresh zones we don't trade in zones there's always going to be three levels if it's a, a range of like a fair value gap it's going to be the low the midpoint or the high okay and based on where you are in the grand scheme of market structure and the market profile not market profile in the sense that like it uses those horizontal vertical i'm sorry horizontal volume bars i don't have any faith in that but profiles like a like a roadmap, if you will, of the day or week. See, like that that crashing sound, like that. It makes me want to go up there and start spraying. <laughs> like, <laughs> like don't mess my house up, man. Okay, so on the five-minute chart, we have near-term sell-side liquidity resting at around 38.70, 38.69. You can really see the three drives higher on the five-minute chart. Nice. If we can get a lower high on the next five-minute candle, and that and that candle closes, then we would have essentially a you know, three swing highs right now we don't have it but it's likely to, to pan out i would like to have seen it trade up into that fair value gap then create that swing high on the five minute chart that would be a good context to see if we start seeing a move lower into that 38.69 level where sell side's resting uh storm warrior I, I always record these twitter spaces but i i don't put them on my youtube because sometimes i lose control of my tongue and talking language i don't really want to have on my youtube channel but the playback is available on the twitter just find the link and click on it. i'm not sure if they expire or not i know there's a couple guys that are taking my stuff and putting them on other places i don't know what they're doing with it but You're welcome. So let's go down to a four minute chart. Nothing there. Three minute, nothing there. Two, nothing, and then a one. One minute chart, you have a fair value gap on the 9.30 candle to 932 candle you see that this will be an aggressive really really aggressive one but it's relatively small in terms of risk and only in range not in the risk that it, it wouldn't go higher 
yeah, there's a couple people tweeting where you can you can get my archives of the Twitter spaces. I have no interest in managing that. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care to. Because once I said it, I said it. They're just rants. All right. So on a one-minute chart, you want to have your chart kind of like stretched out vertically. Really, really good. Man. They've been loud the last two days, but today they're like really being loud. <clears throat> Look at your candle at 9.32. Okay, so it should be a up-close candle. You know, draw a, draw a either a trend line or a rectangle, if you will, from that candle's high and the low of candle 9.30. Okay, there's a small little gap in there. Small little short-term shift in structure at the 9.27 low. The only thing stands in its way is that it didn't hit that fair value gap. If it would have hit that fair value gap and traded up into that 9, I'm sorry, 39.02 level or 39.01 and three quarters, if it would have hit that, if it trades to 9.32, I would be short that. I'm just putting it out there right now. It's just to study it for right now. I'm not pushing a button on it. So if you were comparing and contrasting, like what would make me want to take a trade? You know, why would I be hesitant about taking a trade? So I get questions all the time. Like, how do you know when to pick this and when to pick that? I like that fair value gap up there. I'm, I'm sorry, I was saying fair value gap. The volume imbalance at 39.02. I like that level. If it would have hit that first, we haven't seen that. Looks like it wants to take out that 3867. On your one minute chart, you should be able to see how. There's relative equal lows on the candle at 850 and the candle at 853. There's sell side below there. And then you have the gap down at what is it? 3852. Not 3052, 3850, and those are prices. 3850 even to a low of 38.53 and a half. So that fair value gap, that's a discount array. I know there's gonna be complaints about this. This would have been so much better if you would just let us see your charts. But this is to me much more engaging because it's allowing you to do the, the work on your part. But it's harder. Yes, it's supposed to be. 
it's supposed to be. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. The candle at 9.35 should be an up-close candle. I don't want to see it go above the midpoint of that body. I want to see it you know, stay heavy like, man alive, I'm going to go up there and start swinging shit. <laughs> I've had to leave you know, several times in the last week or so because... It's just too much for me to take. Like I did, I understand they're working and all that, but good grief. Okay, so if you take that candle I mentioned at the 9.35, good grief, at 9.35, if you put a Fibonacci on that one and you, you're measuring, what you're doing is you're measuring that candle's high to low in that 50% level, that's midpoint, okay, that's called mean threshold. That's the halfway point of that candle. We don't want to see it go above that. Now, it's just momentarily went just like a half a point or something above that. And now we're re reacting nicely off that. That's what we want to see now. We want to see that continue and heaviness remain into 3867 and maybe accelerate down into 3852. Nothing else would make sense. <clears throat> Going back above the mean threshold. We'll just call it uh, 3885. Anything above 3885 is a no touch and it would be no interest at all for me. And I'd have to wait until you know, probably 1030. <clears throat> Actually, feels weird without Caleb not being here. Usually, I'm talking to him. <laughs> He's asking, "What do you? What about this? And what about that?" And then I'm usually asking him, "Don't say nothing right now. I'm thinking." <clears throat> Growing up under ICT, it's not easy. I think these painters are pissed off. They're up there stomping around. They're getting paid good money. They need to calm down. <clears throat> okay, same thing I just outlined moments ago with the candle on 
935, one minute candle. We want to see the candle at 939. We don't want to see the half of that candle give up its ghost either. In other words, we don't want we don't want to see it just roll over top of that because then it would mean that we're going to go up into that fair value gap at 3891-ish or thereabouts. This is not a good technical day. So if you're looking at it technically, there isn't a lot of cleanness to it. It's a lot of just pushing higher, pushing higher, pushing higher, and just really sloppy, static price delivery. Now look at the range between the high formed at, again, everything's on a one minute chart right now. Look at your high on 930 to the low formed at 942. The only imbalance that exists in that range is between the high on 932's candle and the low at 930's candle. So that little tiny little fair value got right there. And it's relatively smooth if you look at the candles at 932 to 936. So that might be, be it is traded up too. And that's what I was saying. If we go through the midpoint of the candle at 939, that would send the algorithm up into that area there and revisit that. Now, do we trade to that level, you know, roll over top of it, make a higher high? Good. Because that fair value, oh, okay, I'm going to call it a fair value. Yeah. The volume imbalance up at that 3902. I would have favored that being hit first at the 930 opening, but we dropped down. So that may have been what we've done. They dropped it down. Getting people want to chase it, put their stop above the high at 930. And then they run into that volume and bounce at 930. Highs. Take out 3902, 3903, maybe 3905. Look at your candle right now in one minute, how it's coming back down into the candle at 9.44. That right there, I like to see that. And now I like to see it you know, move continuously higher up into that fair value gap and maybe even into that 
right? There's smooth highs at uh, the 932 level. I'm sorry, 932 candle rather. They have been repriced too. There you go. Back up in that fair value gap between the 930 candle and the 932 candle gap. The fair value gap is what I'm referring to there. That was the we got through the candles midpoint on that 939 one minute candle. We gravitate back that fair value gap, which is what we've seen here. Because we did not trade up the debt volume imbalance at 3901.5 ahead of the 930 opening or right after 930. I'm suspecting that that's what we'll likely try to gravitate towards. It can respect this fair value gap here, but because we didn't trade to the volume imbalance at 3901, 3902 area, I would be leery taking that short here. If I didn't have that volume imbalance to contend with, I would sell short here, but I'm not doing it because I want to give it a chance to see if it wants to run up into that volume imbalance. And nothing in this price action so far is terribly exciting. Like I have, like it's nothing. It's nothing to be worrying about missing. It's small little movement so far, with really just you know nothing terribly exciting. All right, volume of um, fair value gap now that I've been talking about for the one minute chart that has now been repriced to, not rebalanced. It's been completely repriced to the low of the candle at 9.30. And we want to see if it wants to run for the buy side. It's resting on anyone that went short today at 9.30, trading up into that volume imbalance at, at 39.02, 39.05 in that vicinity. Earlier when I was talking about how you see that one minute candle trading back down to the high of the candle at 9.44, uh, that is my immediate rebalance. So it trades down and overlaps the previous candle. When you're bullish, that's a buy. So it acts like a fair value gap. So you can go long in that and use the stop loss would be right below the candle that you're looking to overlap on. That it's just a really nice high frequency entry. It happens a lot, every time frame, multiple times. When you watch me run up accounts real quick, many times I'm using that. Here comes the opening range high. That comes in at 38.99 and a half. So we're gonna be looking for 3,900 to be traded to and through. Same thing here, candidate for immediate rebalance on the one minute candle. Look at your candle at 9.48, that high. You wanna see it like and doesn't have to but the fact that we even traded down into the range of the, the 949 candle i like that because it's ahead of buy side liquidity being likely to be taken this is like an ultra ultra short-term scalping but it should be priced at 3900 there you go and give it to us give it to us there you go oh my goodness look at that In better days, trust me, we're gonna have a whole lot of fun. <laughs> right now, this is boring. Let's see if we get a chance to get up into that uh, 3902 level. Only because 
my obsessive compulsive is flaring. JD saying my volume, something wrong with the volume. You guys not hearing me well? Can you hear me? Hello. Can you hear me? Okay, cool. Thank you. All right, so we've taken by side. Well, in the opening range high at 9.30, we hit the volume imbalance. Look at the reaction so far. Isn't that nice? Now, it's not treed. It's not giving me an entry. It's observing why price is going to go where it's going to go and what it should do once it gets there. It gives us something to frame. Where should formations or reactions occur? Okay, I've done lessons on that. And it's important to, to understand okay now we're going to reverse that uh, immediate rebalance okay we have not had a shift in market structure but now look at the candles low on 950 on that one minute candle we traded back up inside the range of the 951 candle went up to it immediate rebalance we want to see if it wants to deliver down towards the sell side at 3870 A higher high at this point at like 902 or higher not not interesting to me at all so i wouldn't want to see that at all if it does that it's probably going to keep on pressing up into and i would be wrong in regards to that old high which i said i wasn't interested in and pull that price up real quick Thirty-nine. Is it? The highs at uh, November first. If we go into thirty-nine oh threes, then I would expect it to try to at least run the high on November second. Right now, I'm giving it the. Uh, the opportunity to see if it wants to keep the high in place that it just took out for 930's high. It looks like it wants to run higher into 3900's. Keep digging higher. So now revisiting that volume imbalance, 
because we mentioned that that was a likely draw on the upside, we would now look for the midpoint of that. That would be the next objective on the upside and or its high end. That would be far. And it looks like about, uh, we'll say 3910. 3911-ish, thereabouts. These old, old eyes of mine. And Texting my wife here. Hold on a second. And live. <clears throat> All right, so I had an opportunity to reject because we've taken out 930's high. Now twice. So I would favor midpoint 39.10 to Okay, down close candle at 9.51, potential bullish order block, fair value gap that would be repriced on candle 9.55. So if it starts to rally up here, look for 39.11, then 39.19. Failure to go higher and going below 38.97 and a quarter, I'm sorry, three quarters would nullify that idea. It's a whole lot more involved when the market's not clean, which is the reason why I teach low resistance liquidity runs. If it isn't obvious, if it isn't one sided, you're going to have to contend with this back and forth. Constant reading, constant reading. And if you don't have the experience, obviously you can see how quickly you could hurt yourself because so many people are in a hurry to get to that live account. Give me a funded account so I can get real money. And then when you find out that you can't do it well because you're impulsive or you don't really understand the concepts just because you watch the videos, it's, it's very frustrating. So you have to give yourself permission. There we go. Something to pay the bills with.
So if you paper treated that fair value gap I just outlined and using the order block, you, you should already be partialed out. Leaving something to see if you can get it at 19. If you don't have that volume imbalance I had on the daily chart I mentioned at the beginning of the, well, I guess that really wasn't at the beginning, but it was near the beginning of you won't fully appreciate where you're at right now in the context of where price is and why it's gravitating. Thank you, Mike, the destroyer. Is that super helpful? If you do YouTube, I think I'd prefer no chart, much more engaging. Yeah, it's, that was my thought process, kind of like a squawk box. It makes you think and see it, find it on your own chart. You know, holding your hand and walking you through a chart, it's not the same as really learning. And it forces you to understand what I'm saying in the chart. <clears throat> I'm saying it, like I can't edit this, you're all, you know, making copies of it. So it either pans out or it doesn't. Semi's mad. <laughs> Take one more off here. <clears throat> Here's your 19. See if we can get the 20 print. You should be partialed here. Don't see that in supply and demand. <laughs> Elliot's still looking for a weave. So I think that's going to be it for this morning. We've done enough for government work. So let me recap this so you can make a little bit of sense out of it. Because I know some of you are going to be lost. Everyone here live. That you were here live, you heard me outline everything, um, everything in proper context, everything 
you pointed to before the fact explaining why in the best way I can and still follow price action, obviously. The idea of knowing when to avoid a trade, what market drivers to avoid, and then wait for the market to give you clues as to what it wants to do. Using higher time frame PD arrays, nothing that's in retail. Okay, I, I've seen a couple guys, I've already blocked them. And I'm telling you a reason why I blocked them because they're gonna tell you I blocked them because they're calling me a fraud and I'm hiding from them. No, I'm tired of seeing people say, the stuff that I teach is renamed retail logic. They're liars, okay? And I have a $500,000 bounty out there for someone to break down in detail where my stuff is before 1996 and writing in video anywhere. It's not. So walking you through live price action like this, okay? Essentially, this is the best way of mentoring because if, if the person you're learning from can identify where there's problems, where precision will be muddled, well, not muddled, um, less likely to be obtained. That means that they have clarity, they have the vision to see, okay, there's potential for problems, okay, for things to be obvious. So as a developing student, you wanna have a educator, a mentor, someone that's gonna be able to know what that's like. And you have to be around the block for a long time, lose lots of money and make lots of money, knowing this is what I did when I lost money and this is what I did when I made money. And this is where I found the greatest increases in my understanding. Having that, that prowess, that experience, that is such a short commodity in this industry because there are people out there that are extremely profitable, but they're not in the business of giving you their time like this. They're not interested. They don't care. It's not, it doesn't make them a bad person. It just means that they just don't care enough to sit down and give their time because their time's too valuable. They don't have that mindset to want to be able to share. They go in here, they kill it, and they do their thing. They run their life and there it is. It doesn't make them a bad person because they don't share it with you. Okay. Um, I am a person that I have a promise I got to keep. So I do this. I love doing it. But it's important for you to contrast what it is that I do versus what everybody says I do or don't do. If I can't see it, if I can't outline it before it happens real time, then these concepts don't work. I think everybody can agree with that, right? If I can outline where it's going to go and why it's likely to go there, when it should happen, then that means what? That means there's an algorithm. That means I've had my fingerprints all over it, okay? Knowing why price should go to these levels that are not in retail books is an advantage. It's an unfair advantage against retail traders. And yes, the Goldman Sachs alumni, they have no idea about this stuff. They have no idea that any of those things that I've shown in previous discussions and lectures and live sessions, you know, you're not looking at my chart. But I walked you through this morning, showed you where the problem areas are, where the difficulties would be, what it should do, what it shouldn't do. And honestly, this is a difficult, difficult trading day today.
So if you had a hard time looking at it and understanding, number one, it's it's good. That means you're going to dig into your chart. You're going to listen to this recording again and look and observe. But only the people that were here live that were hearing me talk about the one minute candles before they painted, why it should do this, where it should go, why should it draw to this level, why it shouldn't be doing this. If it does this, it's problematic, and then it's going to go here. All those facets, they string together to give you a reason to not fear missing a move because new moves are going to. And I don't feel regret if I don't take something because I knew I have other opportunities and other tools that allow me to participate and build a bridge. The bridge was this morning. Once we went through the 930 high, we traded down. We wanted to see it want to go towards sell side. It failed. It wasn't, wasn't able to do that. Once we ran out the high again, to do that again indicated what? We would be pressing into that volume imbalance from the daily chart. At 3902, 3905 areas, I was saying it was going to likely go up into that. We traded up into it and then came back down into a bullish order block, which I outlined. Go back and listen to the recording. And there's a small little fair value gap. It trades down into that. And the opportunity is to reach into the consequent encroachment of that volume imbalance. And what that means is consequent encroachment is the midpoint of any kind of gap. A candle, the midpoint of that is mean threshold. It's always basically 50%. Okay, it's a, it's a, it's a halfway point. But those levels with the low of the gap and the high of the gap, it's three levels, very specific. I'm not trading in supply demand zones where it's ambiguous. Hope you find the right pay, uh, price. No, I teach my students and I showcase where these levels are specifically. And I walked you through it this morning, highly distracted with these people up in my first floor, stomping and banging, dropping, showing their, <laughs> I'm, I'm flipping out right now. I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself that I didn't lose my shit earlier, but. I'm focusing on these candles, so I'm trying to keep that that focus there. But the run from the low of the volume imbalance in that fair value gap to the high of daily volume imbalance. And I'll show you a chart, and you can see my executions too. You'll see where I got in based on what I explained to you, and you'll see where I took parcels, and it'll make sense to you. But if you watch this, or let me not watch this in the best choice of words here listening to it isn't going to be the same as the experience for those of you that were here live so you had the opportunity to listen to me squawk <laughs> talk about where there is likely this scenario that unfold pan out if it doesn't do this this is where it's going to draw to next there's no setup here there's nothing here we're looking for this we're looking for that it's just meandering around it's an ugly day so far and then finally what does it do it gives us the clue we were looking for i wanted to see it trade up into that daily volume imbalance if it wasn't going to give me the setup that i wanted to see for a short into that liquidity void which will be used at a later time now there's no there was no short for me but the fair value gap long going into that daily volume imbalance that was the one that we had to sub, you know basically submit to because it was not willing to give us a selling opportunity. It didn't give us a breakdown. It didn't give us a, a fair value gap to sell short into. And I mentioned the fair value gap earlier after the 930 opening 
while it was a draw on liquidity, I said that that's not something that I see as a shorting opportunity. Go back and listen. You can't edit it. I can't edit it. It's all live. Okay. I'm suggesting that that would be something that's not a short for me. If we didn't have the daily volume imbalance, I would have shorted it. That was my words. We're very close to it. But because we had that daily volume imbalance and it didn't trade to it at 930, that's where market profiling and narrative comes in, market making. Okay. So because it didn't trade up into that daily volume imbalance, I can't feel confident to sell at that fair value gap. But I mentioned if it did, I wouldn't care about it. I can't take that trade though. Why? Because the narrative I outlined just now and then that it didn't take out the 930 high in, into that daily volume imbalance at 3901 and three quarters to 3920. Because that was unfinished business. That was the reason why I was unwilling to sell short at that fair value gap. How do you know when to sell short a fair value gap or buy a fair value gap and when to ignore them? I, I walked you through it live today. There's a lot to it, folks. That's why I'm saying like my private mentorship flipped out when I told them I was going to put the core content lessons on YouTube. They're like, oh, you gave it away. No, I didn't. I gave away my language. But you have to study your ass off <laughs> and you got to be under my wing like this. This is what they had. They had this the first year, me sitting down explaining, but I had 865 people trying to text me and talk to me and ask me a question while I'm doing it. And you can hear how distracted I am because I have painters in the house. And it, believe me, my concentration has been broken multiple times. So it's hard to articulate this on live charts. I don't care how good you are. It's hard to keep your focus, but then have your focus be this precise too. See, that, that's that's the deciding factor. I want you to compare and contrast these folks you see out there that are trying to tell you they can trade like banks and they, they know my concepts, but they call it by different names. If they really know how to do it, they'll, they'll walk you through it. They'll gladly do it. They'll enjoy doing it and they'll do it for free just to make sure you understand that you can trust them. That's all I'm doing here. I've shown you how not to hurt yourself today. I believe I have. If I've been successful, at least in that, give me a number one. Tweet to me a number one. That means that at least you understand how painful this can be for you if you don't listen. If you go in there and gamble on a CPI number, it'll beat the brakes off of you. But if you learned how I personally and how you can eventually grow into this understanding too over time, how I pick and choose my patterns of what I want to take and what would keep me from taking an entry pattern. What process do I go through in my head says, okay, I see that there. And in other circumstances where if we didn't have that daily volume imbalance, I would have taken a short at the fair value gap that was formed right after 930 opening on the one minute chart. But because we had unfinished business and just look at your one minute chart now, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful how it went right to the top of that volume imbalance from the daily chart? I outlined, gave it to you for free, real time before it even happened. And now here we are, we traded to the top of it, and we're now 94% of it to the low. That alone, folks, that by itself teaches that there's an algorithm because that principle is not taught by anybody else. They are teaching it now, <laughs> thanks to good old ICT. But the point is this. Teaching it in a hindsight chart is not the same thing as watching the algorithm 
book price before it happens. Okay. If they know the algorithm, if they handled the algorithm, they would know this. But because I'm the only person out here doing it and the only one that's going to do it, because I had to create a language that you're not supposed to know about. I know that gets under people's skin and you don't like it because you want to be able to turn it around and say it's something else you learned or that you found it out. And I see people say that they, oh, I figured this out on my own. You know, this is just confirming what I thought I saw in the marketplace. No, you didn't. Stop lying. Okay. You didn't see this because you'd be doing it. You'd have example after example, or you can start doing it right now. So I, I, I mute people when I see that, that kind of stuff. I don't take that as complimentary. I take that as grade A bullshit. Period. Folks, I made this. Whether you'd like to believe it or not, it's mine. And if you don't like it, and if it gets under your skin, you know, move along. You can conduct your business and sell all your horseshit, get all your subscribers, buy them and all your stuff, and you never have to cross paths with me. But if you cross paths with me, I'm going to call everything you're doing horseshit. And by compare and contrast, show you that it's Mickey Mouse. There's nothing like what you're seeing here. Nothing like this. You know when to do something, when not to do something. You know when to avoid it. You know why it should reverse. If it does this, it's going to go somewhere else. That's not plan A, plan B. That's depth of understanding. That's proof of concept and it's authorship. Think about it. I've used this analogy before. Simple game like Pac-Man. Okay, I got a Pac-Man game in my house. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at it right now. My wife wanted to miss Pac-Man, but we couldn't get it because all the supply chain crap. I wanted uh, Killer Combat. Uh, did I say that right? Killer Combat. <laughs> I don't think I got the right name for it, right? Mortal Combat. Killer Combat. What the hell am I talking about? I wanted Mortal Combat. And uh, I couldn't get my hands on that one either. But those games, when they make them and design them, the board that the Pac-Man Little, little thing that goes around eating up the dots. How does it stay inside of its border? Why doesn't it just go off screen and you know, do, do whatever it wants to do? Why can't it move diagonally? It can only go up, down, sideways. That's it. It can stand still. It can go left, it can go right, and go up and down, but it can't go diagonal. Why? Because it's never been coded to be allowed to do that. Your market price the last price right now, wherever it's trading right now, okay, that's Pac-Man. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. It can consolidate and stay to, you know, sideways and go nowhere, okay? It can't go backwards. It can only go forward because that's all it's allowed to do. It's coded to do that. So when a designer makes a game like pac-man okay a coder that knows all the logic that goes into that machine that that program they can sit down and play the pac-man game better than anybody else because they know what profile that the ghosts are chasing the pac-man are going to do if they do this then it's going to do that and all i'm doing is illustrating proof of that here and i know some of you get mad like you're punching the air right now because you, damn it, he just proved it again. And well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna can, cancel this out now. Well, how about just stopping that? 
and just warming up to the idea, I love doing this. And if you're already profitable, I can make you wildly more profitable. If you just put down your bullshit, I'm not trying to war against anybody. I'm 50 years old, <laughs> I'm set in my ways and I like doing what I'm doing. Take advantage of that. I want you to. Just pull up a chair, show up every day and take notes. I promise you'll leave better than you arrived. It's always gonna be that way. But if you're lazy and you're just trying to get in here and give me an easy this and easy that, I've already done that for you. It's already on the YouTube channel. But if you wanna know why these markets do what they do, why they book the way they book, you're not gonna learn it from somebody else. You're not. And these five minute you know, condensing of, you wanna learn ICT's bias in five minutes, made it easy, this way, it doesn't work. Go watch them and you'll see that you didn't learn anything more. You didn't learn it faster, you didn't learn it better because you have to go through what I just walked you through today, every day for months. You will not get this type of understanding just reading a book or watching my videos. You have to sit with me. It has to be something like over the shoulder and then you get it. But you don't need this level of understanding to be profitable. You can use everything I have on that YouTube channel and it's just fine. There's nothing missing. There's nothing needed beyond that. It's perfect for someone that wants to hit the ground running, go. But for freaks of nature, people that just simply want to know that they know or be inside the click, the inner circle, if you will, I do things like this because I know the, the intrigue with it all. I know some of you don't really want to believe there's an algorithm that does all this stuff and it's all buying and selling pressure. You just give me the, the latitude to, to talk the stuff I talk and you cherry pick what you want to take from what I say. That's okay. I had a lot of them in my mentorship. There's still some of them that will still tell you, I don't really believe there's an algorithm, but ICT knows some stuff about price. Okay, cool. Whatever. There's no argument. That's all I'm trying to do is I've canceled all the arguments. There's no reason to argue about it. If you're already profitable, who cares if there's an algorithm that you believe or don't believe? If I'm showing proof of it and there's nothing to lean on in terms of other retail logic, and it repeats every way, every week, every day, and it's highly precise. And I'm pushing a button. You're seeing executions. You're, you're hearing the thought process, the internal dialogue. Why is Pac-Man, why is price going where it's going? And why should it stop there? Why should it react and go the other way? Why is Pac-Man hitting the wall and have a choice? He can only go left, he can go up, or he can go down. Those are choices because there's a ghost behind him chasing his ass. Okay, that that's logic. <clears throat> and you don't get that in a book. And you don't get that experience just watching my videos or anybody's videos. Like you have to have someone that literally knows how to see these things before they happen. Why should they even exist? Because Wyckoff doesn't make sense. Okay, it, it, that stuff is always explaining hindsight. That's, that's the six o'clock news. Okay, that's what you're seeing. You're, that's explaining something in very simple terms so the public can digest it and, and buy up that narrative. I'm giving you by the second of what price should be doing, where it should go, why it should happen. These same folks that in these investment banks, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, these people, 
They don't know what you're learning. I'm telling you they don't. They've tapped me on the shoulder. There's your proof. You want to call it bullshit, bullshit, we'll call it, okay? Those individuals don't know this stuff. But you're learning it. <laughs> we would like to see you come. Nope, not interested. Go watch my YouTube channel. But we, but, but shit, I don't need your money. I'm not interested in that kind of stuff. I don't want partnerships. I don't want to be obligated to nobody. I don't want none of that stuff. It makes it a job, which is what it's felt like the last six years. It's draining, man. It's so draining. I love teaching, but I don't want to do it in a, in a formal setting because it takes all the, the excitement. I mean, isn't, isn't something like today, hearing it talk about what price should do, and then you're watching on your chart. You're not distracted by going from screen to screen, looking at my chart and finding it on your chart, whereas I'm just explaining it by the candle, not the time, the price. I'm telling you what time frame I'm on, and you're marking your own chart up. Now, if you felt that was a little confusing, that's okay. Don't, don't worry. We'll have more examples of this. But for those that could navigate, you've been doing it for a little while. You can't deny it's been interesting, isn't it? Like, you can see it. Like, wow. Like, I'm calling your chart before it paints. I was explaining how your chart on your platform through your brokerage firm, whatever the hell it is that you're looking at. I knew some of you are looking at your live platform. You're not looking at trading you. <laughs> and you watched it unfold today. Isn't it fun? Like, that's fun. Not, here's what I, you know, did with my mentorship money. I bought a Lamborghini and I got a lease payment on an Alfa Romeo, you know, like whatever the, the Italian cars that people are going to chase. All that stuff's dumb. I like this. This is the fun stuff for me. It's entertainment. It's educational. And it's interactive. Like it's really interactive. So if you like this kind of stuff, this is kind of like what I wanted to do going into 2023. It's not a signal service. Okay. It helps you map out real-time price action. My students that are doing signal services, okay, you can't argue that this is not going to step on your toes. Uh, I did not take anybody into any specific setups. I did, this is what I think. This is where I think it's going to draw to. And there's a fair value gap here, and you want to see it do this. You see you want to do that. That's not me say buy. That's not me. Here's your stop. That's not me here. Take your profits. I did mention because I'm I was in a trade. You'll see that. That whole process of stepping on your toes and canceling out the necessity for anyone to want to go to you as a signal provider. You can't be upset with me because I'm not doing what you're doing. And if anything, this is actually going to build your market up for you because here's what's going to happen. So you can calm down if you're all worried up. You worked up and worried about it. People are going to see what it's going to be requiring them to do this. Now, a lot of people know that what I'm doing, other people are doing, and they see me do it. So it works. They may not be able to do it. There's your market, and I have no problem with that. And you should have, a, you know, a, a means of having another income if you're able to be honest and, and you're consistent. You're able to use the concepts well. There's a market out there. People will pay for you to sit down and tell them, buy here, sell here, all that. The risks are yours. But 
that market's going to grow when they see what's involved in this. A lot of people just see watching videos and think, okay, well, it's just simply a matter of looking for this little thing he talks about. It's fair value gap. And they think every time it does that, it's a buy or sell. You saw today that it isn't like that at all. That's narrative. That's the stuff that mentoring gets. Okay. The, my private group, they were getting those experiences. You're not obligated. Well, I'm not obligated, rather, to, to give that to you. Okay. That was an experience for them. It, there's a couple chapters in my books that are coming out. And I know you guys keep asking, when's it going to, when's it going to drop? When's it going to drop? Um, every time I think I got what I want for the third one done, another topic comes up. So the third volume is really, really big. Like it's, it's a, it's a longer one. And, I'll talk a little bit more about narrative and the things I did today, because that stuff is what separates me from the rest of the smart money concept clones out there. Okay. Um, there's, there's things that offend me and there's things that would probably flatter all of you. I'm not flattered by the things that I see when people take my stuff. Okay. And they don't even teach it right. And it gives it a bad name. And this year, you know, I set out to do a lot of things to kind of like cancel the argument for most of these clowns. And I think for the for the majority of everything I attempted to do this year, I was successful. And I'll leave that up to public opinion whether I was or wasn't. But in 2023, like I want to leave all the bullshit, like all the sizing up and you know, you can't do this better than me, all that stuff. I just want to, I want to pick a lane and this is kind of like what I want to do. Like this, this is what I want to do in the morning sessions. This is a couple times a week. You'll know when I'm going to do it. If there's something that comes up, my wife says, you know, I want to do this and it makes me unavailable for that time or that day. I'll just send you a, a tweet and say, Hey, look, you know, I can't make it today. We'll do this or we won't have one, you know, until this day. And I think that's fair. I'm not obligated to any of you, but I promise you'll see things that you would have never seen without me doing it for you. You'll see things in price that you never would have discovered just simply by watching my videos. And you'll see that there's absolutely 100% control over these marketplaces. And they're not random. They're not just doing whatever they want to do. There are times when you want to get out of the way because it will be manually intervened. And we saw that today. And I'm always going to be wrong in those instances. That's why I don't trade them. I know where they're going to say, well, you know, let's do this and reprice it here. And anything that I have won't work because it's them pricing to a specific price level immediately. And there's nothing I can do to be nimble to fix it if I do something wrong. So it has to be a binary, you know, black or white, right or wrong. Do I get in beforehand? No, because if I'm wrong, it could crush me. And I'll regret it knowing that I shouldn't have done it. Versus waiting, letting them tip their hand, look and see what's premium array or PD array at once, or discount array rather, and wait for the clear, easy, low resistance liquidity run signature that I outlined this morning, and you'll see. The volume imbalance was the very thing that kind of like made the the narrative easy for me today. It may not have been easy to follow, 
but I needed something. I was waiting for a breakdown and a shift in market structure. And I wanted that fair value gap to act as resistance. The, the first one, we couldn't get down to it. So what do I, what do I do? Nothing until something else presents itself. Well, something else presented itself. I said, okay, well, it's not likely to go down there. So what is it doing? It's not going to consolidate here. The public's going to want to buy it. So we'll watch and see if it wants to drop down. It drops down and then rallies back above, creates another higher high. So we broke outside of the 930 high and then created a, a fair value gap with a bullish order block. Go back and listen to the recording. And that fair value gap, that long to the top of the daily volume imbalance. And that's exactly where your price high is today. At this time of the discussion, at the moment right now, how do you know if the daily high or low is going to be this or that? It's a lot of what you just saw me do today. Understanding the narrative, the weekly profile, the daily profile, and time of day. All those things have to be blended. And yes, it's complicated. Yes, there's going to be always people out there trying to make simplifications of what I'm doing. You can't simplify any of this. It all has to be incorporated to get those types of results consistently. Once in a while, you might get near a high or a low. Okay, good. You might be able to call the high, but you're not trading it. You might be able to see the low likely, but you didn't get out there. Okay. And be content with that. that's enough. That's enough. That's a trophy, but you don't need to be buying the low and selling the high just to be profitable. You can get that meat in the middle of that bone and just take that easy stuff to grab and run with it. Once you get it, stop. Like I have no interest in trading in the afternoon now. None. I have zero interest. Absolutely none. Do you? If you feel that impulsiveness and you're wanting to get in there again, resist that. Find ways to say, okay, I don't need to do this. And then come back later on. Regardless if it moves good or not. Get comfortable with saying, I don't need to do that. Because social media equity curves are plaguing everybody. This guy's better than this one. This method's better than that one. This one is copying this guy. Who gives a shit, man? Dude, who cares? There's a lot of other shit going on in the world right now. That's Mickey Mouse topics. That's not even that big of a deal. Pick the person you want to follow. Demand that they can prove they can do it. If they can do it, hey, that's all you need. And if you like their personality, and mine's not that great because I have a personality disorder. I don't hide it from you. I've never tried to hide it. I'm not the best teacher. But what I teach is the market. And the real, the real market makers, they employ these ideas against everybody else. And you're not supposed to know them. So... A little bit more proof at the end of the day. All real time. Look at that one minute chart right now. Look where it's hanging inside of those boundaries of that daily volume imbalance that does not exist anywhere else. But it's always been in your charts. It's always been there. Nobody's ever talked about it. Nobody's ever mentioned it. But this whippersnapper back in the 90s <laughs> thought his shit didn't stink. 
discovered things like this. And felt like he had to prove himself all the time to validate himself. I don't need to validate anything anymore. That's why I don't live a fast life in front of everybody. That's why I don't do all those things. And I make it all about the boring stuff like this. And if you're not entertained by this and reading price, you're in the wrong industry. Like if you don't have a passion about knowing what these simple little candles are going to do next, I guarantee you, you will not be a trader. It's got to be in you or you're, you're not going to be a part of it. Like you have to absolutely love it. If you don't love it, you're not loving money. You love the process. You love the engagement of it, the whole art of it. It's a lifestyle. It's not a hobby. It's not a choice. It's a lifestyle. Business owners, entrepreneurs, they're not doing a hobby. They're passionate. They're passionate about what they're doing. And you have to be absolutely passionate about your development as a trader. You have to be passionate about why, why even do this. You can make lots of money with it. Nobody's arguing that. But are you doing this to compensate for something else? Because if that's the case, you're not going to do well either. You're going to be impulsively doing things that you shouldn't be doing, hoping that you're going to get a lottery win. Man, I'm fighting the urge to talk about Powerball. <laughs> I got to get off here. My wife already gave me the equal. I'm like, you said 15. I'm, yes, yes, I'm closing it. I'm closing it. I promise I'm closing it. <laughs> okay. Give me three minutes and I'm closing it. I had a boss, folks. <laughs> anyway, my intentions are once we come back from our holiday break, and you might not be breaking, but I'm breaking. Um, the first Tuesday of February, I would very, very much like to do live streams like this. And yes, my chart will be available. Yes, you'll see it. Okay. But I want you to know that there's going to be time charts that I'm going to refer to because I'm only going to have one time frame on my live stream. Whatever chart that is, that's the one I'm going to stay with the entire time. I'm not going to transition and go through, but I'll refer to, like you heard me talk about in today's Twitter space, I'll refer or cite a specific price or series of candles that my attention is on. And you might say, well, you know, you're holding back ICT. I want to do what I want to do. Okay. Can I do that? I think I earned that, right? I mean, it's my prerogative. I don't want anybody trying to tell me how to do it because that pisses me off. I'm a control freak. I don't like someone trying to tell me what to do. You can't do it better than me, so don't suggest how I'm going to do it. You have no idea what I'm going to talk about. You have no idea what price is going to do. So please don't suggest to me how you want to be handheld. I want to do this and entertain myself and hopefully along the, the pathway, bring your understanding about price action up to speed. And if you don't like it, if you don't like that way of doing it, you don't have to watch the live stream. You don't have to do that. You don't need that. It's already on my YouTube channel, how to trade and, and profitably and do it with precision and know what you're looking for. I'm not trying to have the biggest live streams. I don't care if only 200 people show up. I don't care. Okay. I just know that there's an audience in my group, both private mentorship and collectively. You all want to see this type of stuff. And I have no problem doing it, but I just wanted to make sure that you all understand that it has nothing to do with ego. It has nothing to do with proving that I'm this or I'm that. 
I just want to engage you all as an audience and I want to have fun together. And I can create a carnival like atmosphere, make it fun when there's a better market. Today was kind of like lackluster and just, uh. but even there, I can find something. But why would you want to waste all your day in your morning when you could have been out to breakfast with your wife? <laughs> that I'm uh, encroaching on. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. I promise I'm closing it now. I'm going to close this now, folks. <laughs> the boss has given me the final evil eye, and I will catch up with you when I catch up with you. Uh, I'm not going to share the charge right away, simply because I'm, I'm getting ran off here now. But uh, obviously, you've been here. You know what's going on. If you enjoyed today, you know, give me a thumbs up emoji and a tweet. If you didn't learn anything, you know, keep your opinion to yourself because I really don't care. So I'll talk to you next time. Be safe.